Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. The 0-2 pitch. Contreras bounces one to third. Suarez goes to second. One over to first. That is a double play, and the ball game is over. And the Reds have swept the Chicago Cubs by a score of 3-2. The Cubs losing streak nine in a row yeah i think we're grinding i think guys are giving all their effort i i don't see any lack in concentration or focus i see a, a willingness to to fight through it just like seems like an inning or so just doesn't go our way gotta have that gotta have a you know a lockdown inning kyle pitched well uh the at-bats are there we threw some hits out there hitting some double plays kind of cost us tonight but for the most part the at-bats i feel like up and down the line are are we're are continuing to get better Rosie, I think David Ross is just saying stuff at this point. Does he even know what he's saying? <laughs> I mean, he's just like saying stuff. None of it really. I mean, what do you say after you lose nine in a row, right? It's Yeah, you talk until you think you can stop talking and hope nobody has any more questions about why your team sucks. Yeah, we're trying hard. Or our bats are getting better. We think we're close. It's going to happen. We'll see. Uh, Hendricks was good. Talk to you later. Okay. The day after, remember, and Jet Hoyer, Jet Hoyer was saying the same thing, where he tried to tried to massage this um, this fecal matter of a streak, and this was on Friday, and said, "Well, one thing I liked to the way the end of this was we we're starting to work a little deeper counts. We're starting to draw more walks. So that night they walked twice." No, they're not yet. And and the the offensive problem is such that you're you're dealing with a team that until yesterday when they had eleven hits, they had not gotten more than eight hits in twenty straight games. And that's significant because that ties them for the second worst stretch ever. Only the nineteen sixty-eight Yankees, who went twenty-two games, failing to get more than eight hits. Um that so they're tied with the sixty the seventy-two Mets. It's just it's just a failure of the offense. And when you say launch angle is real, opposing teams say, so are high fastballs. You can't catch up to them and you can't lay off them. And this has been what what the Dodgers have done since 2017 to the Cubs and everybody else is doing it too. They don't, should they be expected to adjust? Should they wait for Theo to make rule changes? Because that's where... They seem to be. 
right? Yeah, that's I what mean, they seem to be waiting for. Theo, help us make rule changes for baseball. <laughs> right? Where's our Matt? Duff? Well, you got your Nico Horner back. Your your Matt Duffy is not back yet. You got your Sogard and all these contact guys. And during this losing streak, too, to accentuate your point, the Cubs are averaging 2.4 runs per game during the the nine game losing streak. And to to say that you're having good at bats is a bunch of crap because how again how do you not get to Amir Garrett when he was out of his mind with the way he was throwing the baseball in that ninth <laughs> inning he was it was as awful as I've seen any pitcher it was just like a guy losing it out there and the Cubs were not able to do anything with that and by the way did did you see the seventh inning where Andrew Chafin is out there and Jesse Wanker hits the the RBI or the the ground out to Baez who gets the the force at second and then goes to third instead of first and I think that was probably their best chance the run scores on it but I never really heard much post game in regards to that and to what what Baez saw what Chafin saw what David Ross saw it was just an interesting play of consequence because it scores the the go ahead run I, I did not hear. I've not seen anything. I don't know. They usually when it involves Javi in the field, there's almost it has to be so spectacular for anybody to comment on it that spectacularly great or spectacular brain fart that it's going to be such a such a mess. But they make they'll defer to his decision. I think that's what I know. I think he I made the right choice. I just unless I missed it, I just haven't heard any reaction to it because it's the game-winning run on that particular play but I guess I guess we probably needed to focus more on Dan Winkler <laughs> hitting your guy Jonathan India with the bases loaded in the seventh inning. what a thing what a thing yeah. what I, you know the Cubs bullpen has been largely good they just as Jed said you can't expect your bullpen to be perfect you can't expect them that they're, they're not going to protect every one run lead Every one-run lead that, if you get, if you're lucky enough to get it, and yesterday was a two-run lead, and then yeah, he hits a guy. There's your, your time run scores on a hit by pitch. It's like oh yeah, well this is really, and your offense is going to do nothing. But there's Contreras up with a tying and a potential tying, potential winning run on base, and Wilson Contreras is up, and there's your five-four-three game-ending double play. We're trying to reach. Yeah. Tony Andraki of Marquis to talk about the Cubs. We're talking about the Cubs even without him. Tony had made a, a case. I don't know if we're going to get him, but I wanted to I'd save this. He had made the point that while the Cubs were choking and the Brewers were just soaring, and now they're in first place by eight and a half over the third-place Cubs, who were jumped by the Reds. The Reds just swept the Cubs. That they're talking about, he was talking about the the Brewers playing 17 games in June against the Diamondbacks, Rockies, and Pirates. They went 14 and three against three of the worst teams, or the three worst teams in the National League. Meanwhile, the Cubs are playing more than half their uh, played a lot of games against teams vying for postseason, and they had West Coast trips. Well, you you can't say they're paying for two reasons. This bothers me. One is they beat the Padres good. The Padres are one of the teams that has a better record than the Cubs, had a better record than the Cubs, and they beat him wherever he wanted to play them. And also, the Cubs were 
a month ago, they were one of three teams, one of only three NL teams, the Brewers and the Giants were the other, who had a winning team, a winning record against teams 500 or better. So you can't tell me they're playing good teams and that's why the Cubs are losing. The Cubs beat good teams. They spent the season beating teams that had 500 or better records. So I don't, I don't buy that. You're just you're you're looking at how do you explain the Reds? They sucked against the Reds. Right. Absolutely. And you and you made a, what I think is a good Milwaukee team feel like a great Milwaukee team considering what they just did to you. Right. I mean, like yeah. that that was like if you if you want to make the case that Milwaukee's schedule has been poor lately and they've been pouncing on bad teams. Well, the Cubs had a chance to put an end to that. If you consider the Cubs a good team, which I did, then you're supposed to go in there and give them a little bit more battle instead of getting swept in that series. So they they launched Milwaukee to a different stratosphere, one where they feel like they can run away with a division which everybody deemed as mediocre at the beginning of the year. Suddenly you have a team feeling great about itself, and now you have a Cubs team, which is alarmingly in third place and at 500, man. I mean, if Zach Davies can't pull off another combined no-hitter tonight against the (laughs) Phillies here on the score... You're going to be under 500. What is that? Like, seriously, the symbolism of under 500, if that's what we're dealing with tomorrow when we all wake up, as if we haven't already made some grand pronunciations about this team, it's real, real if they dip under 500 in terms of everything. All bets are off, as if they aren't off already. That'll be discussed with uh, Mike Mulligan and David Hee-haw. Hee-haw. Is this Hee-haw? Tomorrow is it? Is it? Do is we did, do we confirm that? No, we, we have not. I don't know. I don't know what Studs is doing back there. I mean, really. I mean, we haven't confirmed that. This is just ridiculous. So I don't know. David Haw, okay. were you were you David Hee-haw when you were a superstar country jock back in the day? Somebody texted us and told us that. So we are trying to get confirmation on Hee-haw. To another subject matter we have been discussing, 630, where on that list you're talking about is you're going to need a bigger boat or we're going to need a bigger boat. And that, on AFI's list of 100 top movie quotes in 100 years, was number 35. You're going to need a bigger boat. And that is Jerry from... Grody listening? I don't want him to miss all these. You know, I, I should that. have reached out. Yeah. I yeah, hope that Gary Grody, because there's no way I'd be able to explain to him how to rewind on the Odyssey app. So I don't even want to go through with that. I mean, number we had 15. to. Have, well, tell him that? number 15 is E.T. phone home. Maybe he'll understand that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's that's very easy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. E.T. phone home. We were number 19. I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take this anymore. Do you know mm-hmm. where that's from? Yeah, I do. It's that movie. It's that the movie. yeah, I can't. I I know the movie, and I can't think of the title of it. But it actually translates very well to what has happened with TV news today. Yeah, network is the network. name of the That's movie. It. That's Howard it. Howard Beale was the right. character. I'm a run-of-the-mill news guy who turns into a highly opinionated news guy, and that's what. Boy, that's news that was today. prophetic, wasn't it? More like pathetic. Yeah. Pathetic. Yeah. Thanks, Les. Number 20. Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. It's the last line in Casablanca. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Arguably that's it. the greatest yeah. movie ever. So that's it. We were li- I wanted to make sure Gary Grody got, got his share of these movie lines from, from AFI. 
And it's I, interesting that it would be that it's such a signature line, number twenty-two, Bond, James Bond. <laughs> right in every movie. Yeah. Right. Gary Grody. Here's another Gary Grody ism from recently. This is this is great. So my my dad, you know, turned eighty recently. I saw him the other day, and he he was asking about the show, and he said, he said, hey, by the way, what's this? Uh, you guys are always talking to some guy, uh, panda or something like that, or trash, or <laughs> what? Uh, he's like, what's that all about? And so I had to explain the whole story and trash panda. And for people who don't know, a trash panda is a raccoon, or do you say raccoon? And um, they shoot, they call them trash pandas because they consider them to be a varmint. And, and an animal that needs to be murdered. So, there it is. Well, we did have Trash Panda say it for us, and it caused some consternation. Right, Trash Panda? I'm sorry, what? Oh, what are you he's doing? Not, he's doing man. his own show. He's not even listening. He doesn't hey, you know what? get here's, Tony here's, a drag. Behind, he can't behind, get David Behind the scenes, guys, I'm trying to get a hold of Tony. I'm also no. working on another show that's on after you guys. So, like, give me a little break, okay? That's great. We're, we're, we're so happy that you're listening to the show. This is, yeah. And you think, and you so think holiday suckage is just gratuitous? No, it really does suck. That's for sure. By the way, would Gene and Gary Grody want to renew their vows if we had this mass oh wedding. my god would, would they because because they would be open to as we have trash panda of be the efficient of this giant ceremony you can imagine gene hot is it and renewing their vows number 35 gene grody number 35 Gary grody yeah see there there you go they could renew their vows and that would go for and imagine that Gary Grody's question would get answered as these as he watches this trash panda officiate a ceremony that is helping him and Gene, the love of his life, renew their vows. I'm telling you, yeah, it's a well, great picture with all these I, couples I, out in guaranteed right field. At this point, I'd be concerned that if he was officiating that wedding, he'd be more focused on another wedding, you know, because <laughs> another wedding. <laughs> he's more focused on another show right now. I don't know what's going on, you know. Yeah, don't, uh, don't is, bother me, Brooks Boyer. Yeah. I'm working on the the Shine Bloom wedding. Um, okay, is go out and win one for the Gipper on there? Asks a texter from the 408. It is. 89, number 89, Newt Rockney, All-American, made in 1940. Tell them to go out there with all they got and win just one for the Gipper. Nice. Yeah. yeah. And and seriously, in all seriousness, is anything from, you know, I joked about, you switched the sample. Is that on there or no? That none of those, you find this man. Or is that just in my own little world? It, that in, your, in your head and your your uh, impression toolbox there is nothing they, they they live there there's nothing from the fugitive i'd have a on the quotes, afi list a hundred quotes from the fugitive by mark Grote. <laughs> yeah that would be good <laughs> yeah all right the doctor has not well he's not well yes, yes okay. i could do that i could do that all right so we are going to take a break if trash band is awake and we will, when we come back, we will do that Bears talk that Good. we had suggested before, before as a 
as a texture mentions, Toby did hijack that segment. Ooh, very good. Very yeah. good. Very so good. anyways, we're gonna we're gonna do that. And uh, we'll be back with this on holiday suckage. Steve Rosen, Blue Mark Grody. We suck so you don't have to, so you can enjoy your holiday. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast we get it attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on netflix but what do people do with their ears well for one they're listening to audio americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day oh and you want the proof well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. And here's a Gary Grody favorite, number 98 on AFI's list of 100 top movie quotes. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Yeah. 1987. I know that's a... Bilal Nichols, number 98. Number 99. I'll get you, my pretty, and your little dog, too. (laughs) And your little dog, too. We'll just bounce around with some of these. So, anyways, he's Mark Rohde. I'm Steve Rosenblum. We're talking bears here on The Score on Holiday Suckage. It's not Saturday Suckage. It's Monday Suckage. But it will be Saturday Suckage soon. And we'll see if... Tony Andraki is is uh, available by next Saturday. Let's see how that works out. <laughs> Do we have a show okay. on Saturday? Yeah, we're supposed okay. to. I don't. Okay, if nobody good. important listens, we'll be yes. back on Saturday. So there was the, Brad Biggs wrote a story, a column, a piece, an update. <clears throat> 
So you're keeping track. The opt-out deadline for players was Friday, last Friday, July 2nd. So far, I've not heard any word on whether Eddie Goldman wanted to do that again, whether he would opt out the way he did last year. And so there leaves a question. There's a hole in the middle of the Bears' defensive line where the run stopper is supposed to be. So he opted out last year, as did many nose guards defensive tackles, when you had to make a decision. And and really, there was a lot of the science was unknown. And you're in the middle of everything. You're a mess. You have no idea what, what the contagion factor is. And I could see why a lot of players made that decision to opt out the way Eddie Goldman did. But anyways... The run defense slipped to 15th last year, and he was out the year before uh, in, I'm sorry, out in 2016, and they were bad then, too. So have you heard anything? Has he made a decision? What? How could they not be bad against the run next year if he's not there? I assume if he's there, they're going to be good. They're going to be better. So... Handicap it for us. Size it up for us, Mark. Yeah, the only... I don't think he is... I think we would know if he was opting out for the year. I think at this point, there is some mystery as to whether or not he could possibly be thinking about retirement. And we don't know what is... would be good. We haven't heard from Eddie, as you said. So right. we just don't know what's going on with him. You know, his decision to opt out, we don't know what exactly went into that. We don't know what in, what went into him skipping out on the mandatory minicamp. And it's there. there is nothing coming from the Eddie Goldman camp at this point. So as of right now, we are left to assume that he will be in Lake Forest for training camp at the end of the month unless he decides to retire. Now, if if that is the case, then yeah, there there unless you have something done schematically or a refocus on stuffing the run, then you're going to have some problems because not only is will he let's just say Eddie Goldman is gone. I mean, you don't have, you know, Brent Urban was a rotational player, but he did contribute to it. So it, it would be really difficult to assume that the Bears were going to stop some of those dramatic runs that they dealt with last year from game one of the season when old man Adrian Peterson was bursting through for the Detroit Lions against the Bears <laughs> in game one. And we saw way too much of it, quite frankly, for the last two years. So, you know, you have added... Angelo Blackson, a defensive tackle as well, to the roster this year. And, you know, I hopefully he will perform. But I think that there are some problems and some issues. And maybe, you know, Sean Desai is just what the Bears need in terms of a regrouping and, you know, getting back to, you know, better matchups and putting players in positions to succeed and having to improvise a little bit, whereas I don't know that that creativity was there or the ability to draw outside of the lines under Chuck Pagano. So hopefully you get back to some of that with Sean Desai because this is going to be a tough coaching job for him. This is where 
coaching really comes in handy because if you don't have the raw talent that you once had and you have a guy in Akeem Hicks who was aging too, by the way, you know, I mean, he, he's not getting any younger and you hope that Hicks comes back and has an explosive season. And I think he does have a couple of those years left, uh, but you still are expecting Khalil Mack to get back to form, a form which he has not been in for the last two years. You're hoping that Eddie Jackson gets back into a form he did not have a good year last year. So, and then not to mention the, you know, the missing of, of Kyle Fuller and hoping that Jalen Johnson becomes your undisputed number one lockdown on on one side and then whomever on the mm-hmm. other side. So there's, it, it's fun. I'm glad you brought this up because while it is still about the offense and getting that right, and the quarterback is number one with a bullet with Justin yeah. Fields and Andy Dalton and Nick Foles, a lot of questions about the defense still. And you brought up Sean Desai, and I was going to ask the question, what what in his incarnation and in his time under Vic. under Vic Fangio and being the, the disciple that he is, different from... How would, as you said, color outside the lines, how would defensive tackles be allowed to do that? How would, what would his defense allow to, so they wouldn't suck against the run, so they'd be able to end series after three plays and get get Justin Fields' offense back out there? Well, that's a good question, and I, like, I don't know because we, we haven't seen it, but one thing that I've been wondering about is, how much patience they are going to have this year for Robert Quinn. Because if Quinn performs like he did last year, and, you know, you you, all, you have some guys who I think that they would be more prone to putting or giving more time to in the rotation, like Travis Gibson, a fifth-round pick from last year who, you know, we saw little bits and pieces of, but he gets a full off-season and training camp this year does Travis Gibson. You have James Vauders, another guy who, you know, has been used carefully and put in good positions, so it, it appears that he succeeds. But just from hearing Sean Desai, you know, discussing that position, I just wonder if there's going to be a, a quick hook, as it were, on Quinn and trying different things like that. As, as far as, like, coloring outside of the lines... You know, I don't know what that looks like under Sean Desai. I'm just assuming that he, if, if it is this group and you don't have Eddie Goldman, you have to get creative, right? Like, you have to do things. You have to generate things, create things to put pressure on the quarterback, to stop the run, smart things like that. So we'll see, and I'm looking forward to seeing what a, a Sean Desai-led defense looks like because right now you need coaching. You need it badly on that side of the ball. Do you run blitz more? I wonder. Would would he run blitz more if you don't have something as surefire, something as good? Yeah. And we I, don't I, know I, how Eddie Goldman's going to come back. By the way, having getting old Eddie <laughs> Goldman back doesn't mean you're getting that guy at a, at a you know a Pro Bowl level necessarily. You don't know what you're going to get after a year of not doing anything. He could be wonderfully refreshed. He could be a terror, or Maybe it's rusty. Maybe he's hesitant. You don't know what you're getting, do you? Is there any way? That's we a great know? point. That's a gr- and you know what the the larger point too is, it, Eddie Goldman is good, 
but it's not like Eddie Goldman was great. You know what I mean? Like he he's still like you could start to make a conversation for him getting into the top five of nose tackles, but I don't think he was there yet. And even in his last season in 2019, I remember being around his locker and him admitting it wasn't a great season for him and that he was determined to get better. And then everything happened, of course, with, with COVID. So, yeah, what, what's he going to be like when he comes back? Is he in shape? You know what I mean? Like, is part of why he didn't show up to the mandatory minicamp because he wasn't ready. he wasn't football ready, you know? So, I, I don't know. Yeah, it's not like when he steps in there, all of a sudden you have your savior because he was like a pro. He wasn't. He was very good and worthy of the contract extension that the Bears gave him and does do the dirty work, but it's not like he has become a superstar savior to this defense. So, it's yeah, it's going to be interesting, and I, I hope he's back, and I hope he's okay, like personal, like from a personal standpoint. But sure. right now, I feel like nobody has a a succinct answer on Eddie Goldman. I I did I misread this? Am I misremembering this, Roger Clemens? Did I did I read where or hear where Matt Nagy said they a while ago they saw he saw Eddie Goldman. In the hallways, he was there. He looked in good shape. Now they didn't see him on the field yeah. or anything, but That's didn't true. he say? So he wasn't. That, it wasn't like he was waddling in, right? Did that Nagy say that? Yeah, he did say something to that effect, but I think that's one of those things where what's he going to say? Like, if you ask, uh, have you seen Eddie Goldman? Yeah, I've seen him. He looks fat, not a shape, so we don't think he's ready to play football. So that I don't know that you, you call that, like, you accuse Matt Nagy of lying, but I don't know that he's necessarily – I don't know if Matt Nagy knows. You know what I mean? How could he know if Eddie Goldman is truly in football shape? He has no idea. No, I did Well, it prompted a question because I always believe that as – Whatever people thought of Jerry Krause, and one of the things, one of the charges leveled at him was that he lied. And Jerry Krause would, if he lied, if he told you something that wasn't true or right, it was because he was never going to tell you anything that might hurt him or his franchise or his team. And then John Paxson was a guy who couldn't, like, totally incapable of lying. He would find a say, way to say something, and you could connect the dots. You could read between the lines. He wasn't going to lie to you. That's just the way Paxson was. For whatever faults there were, John Paxson was not going to lie. So I, it struck me in your answer, is is Matt Nagy capable of lying? Can he lie other than saying Mitch looked great and he's caught on to this crap? But not even he would lie or sound as stupid as Ryan Pace saying that what even after this horrible year that Mitch Trubisky was accurate in the way he processed stuff. And it was like Ryan Pace was just a blithering idiot and he didn't care and Bears management was sleeping. But is Matt Nagy going to lie to you? He's not going to lie. He's just not going to tell us everything that's going on. And, and we can quibble over whether that's lying or not. But... That's just the way of the NFL, and they don't feel like we are entitled to know every Mm -hmm. little thing. Like, you know, there's always injuries that we don't know about and things that are going on, and we don't, we're not gonna, we're never gonna get the realness. And part of the, I think probably the good of Matt Nagy is that he is able to put a smile, a, a good foot forward on the organization. 
and make it feel okay because that's that's what that's the thing about Matt Nagy is that being part of every single one of his press conferences, as I have, there have been very few times where you 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 sense real frustration or anger with a question or a scenario or fumbling a question. You know what I mean? Like it, it, there was always an answer from Matt Nagy that seemed to make sense, even if it didn't really make sense, and even if that wasn't really the answer. Does that make and, sense or no? What yeah, it, it does. He was he was not unprepared, right? What you're saying, correct? Certain things. Correct. Sometimes he got a red ass over something, but you don't know if that was at the question, the way it was phrased, or just that it brought up an an issue that he really didn't want to deal with, and he's he's falling on somebody else's grenade in the. It's like Joe Madden. Answer. It's like Madden. Like Madden, you could never like no matter how bad things got, Madden was always able to compartmentalize and realize it was one game and all of that stuff. Whereas you see, you could see the anger and hear the anger sometimes with, with David Ross, just that that's just because who he, he is, who he is. And I think also Joe Madden is, that is a true rarity that he had that skill to be able to make it feel, even though things would be bad and the backs were against the wall and horrible things were happening, it's like, is this going to be the day that Joe Madden goes off? No, never happened and never has happened with Matt Nagy either. So it it's very difficult to get a read on what's really going on and what the real conversations are. You know, I think the Madden-Ross comparison is interesting. I never thought of it that way, but it struck me that David Ross, as a, and this isn't even being a teammate with these guys, but it's a guy who knows what the pregame preparation is like, and it's not just when the media is allowed into the into the clubhouse. It goes, it starts before that. He knows what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it feels like. Doing it at different levels, doing it at the highest level in different winning teams, in different winning clubhouses, and I don't. And, and Joe Madden didn't seem as sensitive to it, no. whereas David Ross put a lot of emphasis on it. So when you see that anger, I wonder if some of it traces back to you weren't ready to play this game. And then he gives you the pap answer that we heard of, you know, where the guys are grinding, we're really trying, it's not for oh, lack yeah. of effort, blah, blah, blah. Well, part of that, too, is, the, and that was the David Ross sound, but we heard is all of that, like he's protecting himself too, because if they're not trying hard, if they're not competing on every <laughs> that's pitch, true. that's yeah. a reflection on the manager. So yeah. any manager, coach, or any worth his soul will never, ever, ever say anything about effort. Like that, that's all just the, the, and in this case, David Ross, to some degree, protecting himself and his own pride. There was, what was the, oh yeah. Remember the Javier Baez. Remember yep. Javier Baez when he benched him. And and Ross even said, he said something, like paraphrasing, that's an indictment on me when you're not out there hustling. And that's why he benched his ass at that wasn't point. Wasn't it hustle as much as it was not paying attention to the game? You lost track yes. of outs. That's, right, and, and, not... and Ross, he said it. He said that, that, that hey, man, that, that's, that's yes. personal. When you do that, you're, you're taking a shot at me. So there, there is an exact, you know, concrete example of a manager or coach or any boss of any team on any field or rink or ice that if you, if effort is in question, whoa, 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 hold the show. I can handle you making a physical error, but if you're going to be lollygagging, that's on me. 
<laughs> oh, Lou made an appearance. Hey, Lou. Yeah, I knew. <laughs> he lollygagged. What do we call them? Lollygaggers. Right, we're going to take a break. We're going to lollygag for a couple minutes. Then we come back. There's a question on the other side of the line. We'll discuss that with Mark Bears offensive line. I'm Steve Rosenblum. He's Mark Grody. Is holiday suckage. We suck so you don't have to. So you can enjoy a long weekend. And nothing feels longer than listening to this five-hour suckathon. That's <laughs> just the way we serve the public. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Welcome in. Welcome back to the five-hour suckathon. We're in hour four. 312 Texter. Unfortunately, you were right about that, Steve. Sometimes you guys suck so bad, you make me want to stab my ear with a pen. Five Ooh. hours of this today? Maybe both ears. Well, that's how we help you people. Top of the hour. Are we hour, taking we donations will... on this suckathon yeah. or no? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how much? How much will people pay Spilkus not to put us on the air? But we're sucking so you don't have to. We're doing... We're doing our best for the public. We're American heroes. Jeremy Frank. What about Rosa Bloom and Grody? Yeah, what about? Right. There you go. That's it. We, uh, we'll talk with Jeremy Frank. He runs the Twitter site, at MLB Random Stats. They are very random. He started that. He named it when he was 15. He's still not out of college. That's how long he's been doing it, how well, and how it's just a great thing. We want to talk to him about that. Anyways, the other side of the line, Greg Gabriel, a former Bears scouting director mm-hmm. and a regular on the score, he tweeted out recently, many have felt that Tevin Jenkins will struggle at left tackle, yet he has seven starts at left, tap, at left tackle and the tape is good. Not only that, but only eight starting left tackles in the NFL tested better than Jenkins. Some of the eight, it was only marginally better. So... That's a that a scout looking at it from through the the prism of tape, and this is the way they evaluate it, and the idea that he's there, he's moving there, he's going to be the guy, and I, the question then is who's he going to be protecting, but is there, how do we if we're going to judge the quarterback and who gets what snaps and every how you, will there be just as much on Tevin Jenkins, just as much spotlight focus, just as many just as many tally marks for mistakes or good plays when training camp opens. 100% because I've been saying that if, if Tevin Jenkins is, is a good left tackle, if he is and they put him in there on September 12th at the Rams in prime time and he is, he's good. Then I think that it's possible that the offensive line is a position of strength this year because you are getting James Daniels back, and hopefully he is in form and like he was before he had the torn pectoral muscle last year, and you have Cody Whitehair, no doubt about it. He is a guard. And Sam Mustafer, like, that interior is really good. So if you have your tackles in place... I don't see why the Bears' offensive line wouldn't be a a position of strength. So, you know, they have been like, I, you know, in watching the you know all the the offseason stuff that I've been right in front of and in Lake Forest for, 
you know, they've been they've been using Tevin Jenkins there, but also getting a lot of time at the tackle positions has been Elijah Wilkinson. So they have they they are showing us at least to some degree a potential backup plan. And Elijah Wilkinson is you know playing more right tackle with with Denver in its in seven games last year, but he is a capable player as well. But yeah, it really does come down to Tevin Jenkins. And I, I don't know, I, I haven't heard many people saying that Tevin Jenkins can't play left tackle. I mean, I'm glad that Greg Gabriel says he can, but I haven't heard a lot of pushback on that. Have you? No, I have not. But 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 it there's always a the, the question is, can he? And while there will be a spotlight on him not as not as great as on quarterback, but there will be a spotlight on him. This is where you just don't know how good. That's the question. He could play it. He could probably do it admirably. He could probably make the make it worthwhile for the Bears. But would somebody get hurt in the process? And then we talked about this months ago that Andy Dalton's the reason you you start him. You start Andy Dalton at quarterback because you're not sure about Tevin Jenkins. You'd <laughs> I mean, rather that's have not a bad theory. Andy Dalton be the Sears crash test dummy. And when Tevin Jenkins gets it right, then you can put in Justin Fields. And you say, well, he can run around. Justin Fields can play there anyways. Well, see Pat Mahomes for detail when your cackles don't work. Pat Mahomes could run around pretty good, too. You see that Super Bowl? He wasn't much good mm. at that. So right. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not denying the, the athletic ability of Justin Fields. I'm more concerned with the safety of the of the quarterback. And here's what I wish. I don't know that they would ever do it, but you could, in practice, when it matters, if you want to see where Tevin Jenkins was, wouldn't you put Khalil Mack over him? Mm. Say, block this guy? Yeah, absolutely. No, have I, they ever, have we'll you see. seen, and do you remember in training camp, have they, have they swapped sides with... with Khalil Mack and just give everybody a chance to just use him as the barometer. Here's the gold standard. Can you block him or mm. not? I did not notice that at all in in the training camps with with Khalil Mack, but that's I like that idea. And and we'll see what kind of things that they they do when when we all get together in July <laughs> for training camp. But no, I I yeah you I mean because you're right because they are. They are depend. I mean, they cut Charles Leno Jr. Right, so they, they are mm-hmm. saying we are going to have with like Tevin, and it, and what it is is Tevin Jenkins is going to get the first shot. You know, I mean, they're not just going to hand it to him because they just that's like the philosophy of the team. We're not just going to say yes, you're a rookie and you will be our starter. You know, you at least have to give the appearance that there is competition at that position, and maybe that's why I'm seeing a lot of Elijah Wilkinson when I have watched the Bears practice this year. So, and then, and then you also have Larry Borum um, out of Missouri, the fifth <laughs> round got pick. Matt, <laughs> doing Mike Tice. I, I don't Larry know why. Because it was well, Larry. Because of Larry. Larry Bear, was the right? key. Larry. Right. Larry Borum. But yeah, I mean, you should probably throw everything possible at Tevin Jenkins because while he was a highly successful offensive lineman in college at a big time program, you never know how it transfers to the NFL level and we've seen that with Bears draft picks in the past with a Mark Colombo or a Chris Williams um, 
I'm trying to think of some of the other highly Those rated. Those were injuries. Those are, you know, yeah, they were injuries. You're right. So one, You're right. One thing to see a, 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 a healthy guy not live up to the draft status uh, or the expectations, um, and that was – that was tough going, but we saw Mark Colombo could play. He just did it for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, exactly. It was very yeah. good with the Dallas Cowboys. I don't think. Yeah. I don't know that Chris Williams thrived anywhere else, unless I'm missing something. But uh, he might have been an early retirement guy. I'd have to look that up. But I, I'm I'm really interested to see because they that was they they made a. They told you. I mean, really, you could say, other than Justin Fields, the theme of this Bears offseason has been the offensive line. You know, with the, you know, that was a big deal letting Charles Leno Jr. go. You know what I mean? Like in saying we we are going to expose ourselves at what some still consider to be the most important position on the offensive line and in your left tackle and you know both tackle spots for that matter. Although I think. Fetty will comport himself just fine on the right side, but who knows? You know, if if he struggles, will somebody like Larry Borum be put in, or even Tevin Jenkins, or as a, or from a, to a lesser degree Elijah Wilkinson? We had we were at an interesting crossroads in that when Ryan Pace, the interim GM, came from New Orleans, they had a Sean Payton and and Drew Brees. Uh, I guess, you know, there's more people, but anyways, that was them. Um, they, they were the faces of this. They were the stars of this. Their view of the offensive line was as the was guard to guard, not the tackles on the outside. Mm. They were okay. much more concerned with right. if they had a strong interior, they were going to have clean passing lanes for a for a quarterback who was six foot. Well, the, the prospective Bears' number one quarterback is is more like a, a small forward than he is a point guard and the the i don't i've not heard whether their philosophy has changed to the old school of get your tackles right or you're not gonna you're not gonna have a quarterback left to put together to play uh, or if they're still emphasizing the interior because the interior as you were describing figures to be really good really strong yeah. with james daniels coming back Play to your strengths, right? I mean, and I guess that, you know, unless, you know, Tevin Jenkins comes out and he's like a star out there and you could play to his side and play to him. But I think that that would be wise of the Bears. I mean, if, you know, Sam Mustafer continues to be really good at center. I mean, he's the only mystery on the interior. Like, I think he's good and in for the long haul, but we don't know that for sure. Um, I'm pretty positive about Cody Whitehair and James Daniels. And by the way, textures, text, multiple textures, reminding me of Gabe Karimi. That's another one. Very good. And then, of course, Stan Thomas, who mm. was a, a Ditka guy. Actually, wasn't that was a, a Ditka Michael guy. McCaskey pick. Yeah, Ditka did not like Stan <clears throat> Thomas, and they started him from day one, as I recall. And No, 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 no. Actually, he started because um, um, I can't remember who got hurt, but there was an injury, and he played. Uh, mm. Chris, uh, Keith Van Horn, I think, got hurt. Really? And he, okay. Yeah, and he played in his first first preseason game he false started i think it was just yes. it did not go well <laughs> sounds about right sounds did about right. not go well yeah but i was excited about all those guys too i'm, I'm not gonna lie i liked stan thomas when they drafted him i like gabe karimi i like mark colombo chris williams and uh tevin jenkins so Wasn't hopefully karimi your guy your guy uh your your offensive line coach larry wasn't gabe karimi one of the one of the a favorite tabbed by mike tice I think he was. I think there. Yeah. 
There was Gabe some... Gabe I like Gabe Kareem. He's very good. Very good. Larry. Larry. Look at me. Look at All me, Larry. Right. Look okay. at me, Gary Kareem. <laughs> we're done with this. <laughs> yeah, we're done We're going to take a break. When we come back, um, a young man has a website called... Uh, Twitter, I'm sorry. A Twitter site called... MLB random stats, they couldn't be more random, and they're a lot of fun, and he's not, he's probably only halfway through college, and he started this when he was 15, and it's a lot of fun, and I wanted to talk to the young man, so that's what we're going to do after this. Steve Rosenblum, Mark Grody, it's holiday suckage for you. Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.